Hi everyone, and welcome to our full album review for Organized Confusion, Stress, The Extinction Agenda, aka 2020. What's up? It's a scary, funny, it's not really funny, but it's kind of like it feels like that way, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, this is the Classic Quest Podcast, the show we break down the classic hip-hop albums, track by track, thoughts and opinions on every single track on the album. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And the kind of album we're going to talk about is, well, Organized Confusion, Stress, The Extinction Agenda. That's It's what the Extinction Era. Isn't Extin- it? Extinction Era. Isn't it Extinction Agenda? Mm, I had I that shit on so. Genius. The second song's called Extinction. Or third track is ex- The Extinction Agenda. Then the second track is called oh, Stress. Did I just write it down wrong then? I think so. I oh, might be wrong. Maybe. Like, I typed it a few times because like, I, I, I write right. the copy for, like, the page below. So when you see the hmm. description below... You must have been in, reading something else, then. In the video, all those words, I, I write them. A lot of it's a copy-paste. But down there, you'll also find links to my music. And if you can support me and you can hit that follow on the Spotify, that would make you fresh. Just some couple of music videos up on his channel so you can, you know, bump what we do there. Let us know what you think. A couple of you do check it out. It's always delightful. Yep. I digress. If you support what we do, you can check out the Patreon as well. And that'll be real fresh. And uh, yeah, we do these long album reviews. It's all about the deep dives. I don't know. I'm not really good at brevity. Apparently we don't know the names of the album that we're reviewing. My bad. I knew the name of the album. I was paying attention. Why are we doing this album, though? Because that's how we like to start the show. Um, Well, DJ Black Hurricane, one of those lovely patrons of ours, used his Mm -hmm. magical patron powers to uh, follow up his last request and have us do the second Organized Confusion Project Stress the Extinction Agenda. Why do I say follow up? Because his previous request a couple months back happened to be Organized Confusion's Organized Confusion album. You know, him and I were just last night, we were talking about the, the moon. We were both observing the moon and saw just how crazy it was very orange uh, up here in Canada and I wasn't sure where he was I know he was on vacation somewhere but um, yeah he, the moon was very very red and it looked like blood on it almost it was pretty creepy yeah. Um, yeah. DJ Black Hurricane's a nifty dude he does the scratchity scratches and he knows like beats like like a G yeah that's all I can say about that and he's he's a youngin you know relative to my old ass <laughs> and I thought uh, it's just his, his like depth of knowledge every time it's a comment like this which I like I don't know if other people dislike that but i feel like it's it's like more the better you know like you you put all the time into the review and then watching that kind of a comment it's like somebody else putting that time in it's a dope community thing to me yeah anyway the record because i actually copied and pasted it somebody left a freaking 1600 word comment one time i took that i was like he wrote an essay Dude wrote an essay in the comment section, like literally, like, we say that hyperbolically at a couple hundred, 1600 words, blew my mind, I loved it. <laughs> anyway, so we did do the whole intro and how we know organized confusion, well we don't really know much, uh, the rub on your titties was a big uh, topic at that point of that thing, because it's, yeah. it's a great song, um, and it's Simon like, Says. Yeah, my, my only song that I had ever heard uh, by um, Feral Munch. I'd heard a couple of things. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a 99 uh, Cypher video with Eminem and Farrah Monch on it at the same time. And uh, one of the most distinct things is, like, to me, I guess, that pops out is in Rap God when Eminem's like that Farrah Monch guy. So I'll punch rhymes and whatever. So, like, that was always notable to me because, like, it made the name pop. And just, if, you know, if Eminem's giving you your dues as your influence to his stuff, like, that's just what it is. Um, anyway, so we reviewed the last album. It was ridiculously awesome. But 
I had the strangest experience. Maybe it's just where I'm at with these album reviews, like chain listening to music for over three and a half <laughs> years has had a certain effect on me and my music consumption in general. But I really had a lot of trouble remembering the last album. So I went back and I listened to it and re-fell in love with it. And I'm like, yo, it's really great. It was really amazing. Like every single track, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, they did do a Sambo Chicken. Oh yeah, and it was really great. And then I went and listened to this one after. And it was, it's not often that I actually do that where on the day I'm recording it, I hear like one project followed by the other one. So that was really cool. That's about all I know about them is my experiences with these two projects. Um, yeah, I mean, really just, um, yeah, the last one and uh, Simon Says, that's all I, all I knew. Um, but yeah, I was excited. I'm, I like them. I like the album title, Stress the Extinction Agenda. I know I made my little 2020 comment, but like for real, does not kind of honestly feel like through stressful circumstances, there is yeah. some level of agenda out there through some calculated means to harm, especially poor people, which often are of a certain ethnic variety that is not so Caucasian. Um, and like, here's the thing, you look at all the science now and see the impact of stress and malnutrition and being locked into confined small areas and the danger and the heightened anxieties and tensions. And you st I mean, for me, you learn about privileges and realize that at the end of the day, the lack of fear in my life allows me to have such an advantage and all of this. Then when it boils down and realize that what this album's like 92, I know you write down the date, 94. Uh, August 16th, 1994. So like, again, it's just always baffles me not baffles but i'm always so like i'm overwhelmed with wonder when i realize how much of this knowledge and this awareness existed so far back into the past and just how blind we are like today honestly so many of us especially if you watch the social medias today and you're like man but like they was dropping some interesting subject matter like 20 years ago a little less anyway um that I like the title a lot. I don't know what you think about the title. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely it like reflects like with like the cover I found um, because it's it's like them uh, sort of like in cartoon style, and I believe it's um, Prince Poe that has like the universe inside of him and Pharaoh Monge, um, I guess uh, I wasn't sure who it was, but like I'm guessing it had like his like influences or uh, you know maybe people he cares about. I, I think, but I assume it's like his musical influences or friends or something um and he's sort of like about to like smash through as like sort of he's got like hulk arms um and like everything around them is like kind of bubbling and melting and like there's like it's but it's all like a cartoon right so um there's like these like city apartments behind them uh, and i assume like they're you know repping uh queensbridge i believe that that's where they're from um and uh maybe like the city below them melting together with people like the melting pot maybe something like that um i don't know it's definitely like an interesting and like colorful and like chaotic and like there's like you know like with like the universe inside of them like 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 those two like images are just like so different i feel like from like the rest of like the cover i don't know it's all it's very chaotic and um you know and that's i guess what makes you stressed so um i guess it works yeah yeah, apparently the cover was created by the late Matt Reed, a.k.a. Matt Dew of Doable Arts, um, which is cool. 
Uh, oh, and I read somewhere um, that this album didn't get a lot of time in like the spotlight because I think it was around the same time um, one of Biggie's like big albums was it? Uh, I don't remember which one. First one, album. One of yeah, yeah, and uh, I think Nas came Nas's out. Nas's album came out that year. I so think, as like well. there was a lot happening, and I think that his kind of got like a little bit like. I mean, it's also. The trend, the the scene, just on that point, like with those albums, the 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 content matter and the subject matter is so vastly different uh, compared to what we get on this project. I mean, I look at the cover, and what I'm seeing is guys like embodying the power of the universe and the power of like the like the leaders and stuff mm-hmm. like you know yesteryear just kind of built up into their like you know super hero strength shit mm-hmm. and it just looks like they're in the middle of the worst of the worst and they're here to fight and here to be like those heroes against like the scourges of all the darkness and the mm-hmm. chaos and everything that's going on so i thought that was super interesting um anyway we can get into it. We're going to do the first half of the project tonight and then, you know, finish it up soon, soon. Mm-hmm. So intro the sh- of the album is the first song. <laughs> what do you think of the introduction to this experience that we're about to go on? Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, so we've got, like, Feral Munch, and he's sort of, like, crying for help. And, like, the, the underbelly of like the city is like sucking him in and he's just kind of like talking about that on like his verse and it's just it's very like i don't know it's pretty cool i guess um and then we have prince poe on like the second verse and i i i mean some of his lyrics are awesome um fuck you racist cats store owners waitresses construction workers all of you uh southern Police, police, phony, secret agents, racist bus drivers. I'm driving and I'm striving, huh? And organized is on again. So kind of like a fuck you to like those that are like trying to like bring him down and like being racist and uh, like discriminating uh, for all of those reasons. And you know he's kind of like fuck you. I'm gonna do better uh, than you. You know, sort of like you know just in spite of uh, in them. So and I think that that's often like. You know something that you know puts the flame under your ass like you know oh yeah you said i can't watch me like i think it's that kind of like attitude that they're gonna like you know show you and like that's you know definitely a motivator um and he's just like you know he's like i'm not just like some typical black guy i'm not like what you think you know we are you know like that kind of like mentality like you know it's like that and then people are basically saying like they're all confused and you know again which makes sense given uh, their names you know the name of the album and everything and like that they're organized confusion uh, like they definitely have like a point to this song um and it's like still a totally you know 1994 it's 2020 and it's still a relevant topic today with the Black Lives Matter and everything else that's going on. So, I mean, it's a decent intro. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. I gave it a 4.215. Like, right away, it has such a gritty feel to it. Mm-hmm. It comes with these eerie sounds, almost like it's taking from that, like, steampunk sci-fi aesthetic. And it's pulling that mm, energy cool. into the instrumentals. I don't really know what they're sampling, but you end up with this so confused i'm so confused and like considering they're called organized confusion it's a pretty clever like start just on the branding of their name Mm -hmm. but when you proceed to listen to the way this whole album plays out it also feels like i mean from 94 to this day the general sense of a lot of people's and before i mean 
I I know that even up in the lower middle class, we got people floating around their office jobs effectively going, why do I do the things that I do here? There's like, what are we doing? Sometimes we do, we, I can't give specifics, but we make choices that we know are terrible and do all the work just to make our crappy paychecks and go home. Sometimes you try and do something different, but at the end of the day, you're just left with this like dark, I'm so confused feeling. So mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact that rather than focusing maybe so much on the circumstances a little bit, the track starts with the emotional state so that you can connect to the emotional state and then maybe extend that into the circumstances. So it's real clever to have Farrell Munch come in. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I think I'm going insane. And his delivery, gosh, yeah, the guy could have awesome. done theater. I don't know if he has done theater. He could have been on Broadway in terms of energy. Maybe not for singing. I think you have to sound like an angel and shit. I don't think No, there's all different types. He could be like up there in that world going for the to- Tonys. Is it a Tony? Yeah. Anyway, I feel you. that in his fucking voice. Um, my brain is on the brink of destruction. I'm looking for some, and there's a question mark, so whatever. Uh, victims to stick them up and shake them down. It's my friends could see me now. They'd wonder why, what, who, and how. So you could look at this from the perception of in the hood environment, going out there and shanking a motherfucker to, you know, grab some shit and do some bad behaviors to support a certain habit. Or you can look at the cocaine sniffing alcoholic white douche that goes around a club, smashes all the chicks, can't hold down a girl, and basically does the same shit and ends up in the. Because we got some, we all got that boy. I mean, at least in my cycles, yeah. where you had that guy that you worked with and everybody chilled with. And at first it was maybe maybe some greenery and some chill vibes and musics and a couple of drinksy poos here and there. And, you know, good times. And then six years later, they, they elevated to the money direction and then. And, and, that has some folded up bills, which ends up in a whole other things. And when you do it like that, it's totally appropriate is what the legal system says is what I'm trying to say. I'm being a little sarcastic there. But I thought it was so interesting how, again, translatable it was. And then regardless of almost where you start, how I'm living underneath amongst the homeless, the outcast bastards at a barren wasteland. For days and days, a fast fighting over scraps and rats trapped in society, the living dead for it, and then it moves on. Um, but what's interesting is he could be like the noble hero like fucking fighting shit out and he's just trying to beat a motherfucking like dope motherfucker that's like killing it out proper and like actually representing almost the spider-man like vigilante kind of element of it Hmm. or he could be the hood banging fucking blowing caps and stealing shit with the way he wrote it here right he could be either of these things right because victims to stick him up and shake him down that could be spider-man fucking up bad guys or it could be bad guys fucking up whoever and then it could also be software companies writing end user license agreements to rape your grandmother's fucking financial books okay because that shit's real and y'all should look into that world my company is a lot kinder than that but y'all should look into the fucking terms and conditions in software if you want to see real pimping going on because yo the drug game ain't got shit on the software game um anyway okay it's just what it is man so i just see so much of that attitude and shit like how translatable it is into six up until like six figure salaries and i'm like wow Barrel Munch tapped into some universality here. So I think it was cool because it sucks you in. And then Prince Poe's verse kind of goes more specific, you know? Yeah. The tiger inside of me screams. And then Farrell, ah! And I'm like, 
it's one of the hilarious things whatever but still it fits the aesthetic it's really enjoyable and it has like it's such a strong choice of animal you know what's the strongest cat the tiger it'll fuck you up mm -hmm. yo i read a book on tigers this year yo so good tigers is one of my favorite books you really need to learn about tigers if you have not like you are missing out on the if, joys if, of this shit tigers, tiger king was interesting to you tiger king wait. is garbage by comparison to how cool tigers actually are yo tigers is smart they got there was a tiger memories. that just ate its um the zookeeper in uh somewhere in europe i can't remember now where but um yeah because it's a tiger and that's what it's gonna do yo tigers will track you they will wait a year yep for the opportune moment when they can tell that just the right number of people are not around for them to get away with it t tigers are smart that's all i'm trying you to say you think your house cat is smart house cats are dumb it's by comparison. gonna be a huge much bigger brain it's thinking anyways so his claws touching the mics for for keeps stress get it because a good tiger scream it mm -hmm. was it's as corny as it is awesome <laughs> Anyway, he keeps on with the verses, and I love the way he, like, works it out where it's, like, he feels like a tiger trapped in a cage. It's a good metaphor for the situation, but he's using his mic to lash out his voice, his power, and then quickly shoots it over to the corrupt, racist folk of the world. You covered a lot of how the tone goes in. <laughs> I mean, I like how bold he, I just, I like how bold he writes it, how strong it is, and then it just kind of samples out, and it's, like, this little introduction lets you know that this album is not coming with joy. It is not gonna be a happy experience. They are stressed. They are going through some some serious shit. And I think yep. what they're trying to do is capture the actual stress and pulse of their people and put it onto a record. And when you think about America 2020, I mean, the fact that we are at police protest last month or whatever, two months ago, whenever the fuck it happened, like, this is where the world is at. It's still going down. However, there's meansy little insy bitsy changes. There's no arrests, but there's teensy wincy little changes going on. Yeah. I mean, not in Montreal, but <laughs> no, seriously, a couple of weeks ago, honestly, she went past it. Cops pulled up and six of them pulled guns on two 18-year-olds and a four-year-old, all little ladies and a kid, like, just out of nowhere. Oh, we were under the impression that this would be a hostile situation, so we didn't look. There's a baby in the we car. We just go through and we pull the guns because we assumed that girlfriend's boyfriend who's a drug dealer would be there. Assumed. Yo, fuck. It just makes you want to say fuck the police. And you know why? Because they're not here for my protection. They're here for my dollars. That's the truth of the situation. Cops are there for their protection and they use ticket quotas to tax us. And you know what? We don't really need to go there. Y'all understand it. I'm just saying the more we learn about the police in our fair city of Montreal, you realize that some of your American cities may be doing all right. Not all of you, but yo, you guys, you guys in Vermont are killing it by comparison to us in Montreal is what I'm trying to say, okay? And we're very close right. in proximity. When is the last time you heard of Vermont having bad problems? I'm certain they do. Can y'all let us know of Vermont? Just makes me think of super like, troopers. For all I know, like <laughs> tomorrow it's gonna come out that like 
somebody just, in the comments. It's, it's just going to be. Like you just think of Bernie Sanders and Forrest. It's just okay? going to be things that involve the border. It's just going to be like people trying to smuggle drugs yeah. across or whatever, smuggle whatever. That's I feel like the biggest crime in. But Rome. like maple syrup. <laughs> Smuggling maple but, syrup. Uh, I don't know. Either way, it's just like anyway. Montreal's got some systemic awfulness. Like they officially announced that it will now be illegal to discriminate. Uh, stopping black people. Uh, no, I'm saying literally today, July 8th, 2020, after a year and a half of a report that came out saying our cops are officially racist and target indigenous people more than black folk, but black people's right after indigenous folk. Because, mm -hmm. yo, if you're indigenous in Montreal, fuck you. That is the police's position, honestly. Basically. Yeah. And, like, if you look into the history of our police, like, the actual They've purpose... They've been just policing Native American, you know, indigenous people Like, the RCMP's one. existence, that's RFBI, in case you're wondering. It's called the RCMP. It's the horse cops with the red and shit that gets made fun of in no, our media. No, that's not our FBI. It's a, it's a season... Like, no, the... that's our FBI. The CSIS is their CIA. Our mm. FBI is the RCMP. It's the it's the national oh. level police force that deals with shit like drugs and whatever. But it, and whatever. Uh, I guess I don't know. If, does the FBI cover stuff in small locations? Because I don't know if that's the same. The RCMP is the cops in middle of nowhere. So that would be like maybe one difference. But um, man, yeah, I'm sure that if there's a crime in you know butt fuck nowhere, you know they're the FBI will go there. Like, also, like, in the same way that the FBI and them all use drug laws and shit to use fear-mongering for power, like, the RCMP's literal existence is to dislocate Native Americans so that we could build land. So that we can move in. That is the literal purpose of the history of this police force. So all their original well, policies... I can't really imagine it really being even like, different even, in the States. Even with, they, like, reforms and stuff that you would build on and change it up, the original mandates of your fucking constitution of your department are fundamentally racist and if you look through the history of a lot of the southern police states oh boy do i keep learning time and time again how they were just effectively tools that a clan used to shut shit down and it's like yo maybe this wasn't the case everywhere everywhere again i've never heard of a thing in vermont what is uh, the, the movie the whatever birth of birth of a nation or whatever it is is that in Vermont? No, I don't no. Know. Oh, Birth of the Nation is that that's racist the, yeah. shit that's heralded as a classic and what? Wonder, like the best movie of all time or whatever, the American mm -hmm. classic. Anyway, I mean, it's, it perpetuates slavery in the worst way and it became like a clan recruitment tool. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I just keep learning about this kind of stuff and then you read this kind of stuff over here and you're like, yo. These organized confusion boys was onto some shit back when they were young too. Cause I'm old by comparison. They was kids by comparison. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for where they're at with it. Also, how dope is it that after three albums and not popping, they chose to just like let it be and go do their own things rather than run the brand into the ground so that the loyalist fans will always just have the three projects and not feel like, oh, like they're the group that didn't make the album you all would have ended up hating is what I'm understanding. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, um, I, I think we've talked a lot now. I don't know. Did you give your grade? I did not. I gave it a 4.35. It's really eerie and interesting to listen to, but if I think about all the intros and stuff, I couldn't give it higher than that. Anyway, Stress is the next song. DJ Black Hurricane explicitly mentioned there was a music video of this song, so I watched it, and it was... 
It was like every trope of every music video of that time thrown into like one video, yep. just squished together, like black and white and colored up shots, long shots, fishbowl shots, like everything I've ever gritty shirtless shit, in the snow. Shit. That one was a little new, but <laughs> I mean, end of the day, it just felt like they're like zooming in, like like right on the it face. It visually felt like organized confusion, and that wasn't Absolutely. a good thing to me. I'm not a music video guy. I watched it and I did that. Um, anyway, how do you feel about this song? <laughs> um, I found that this one, like when I first heard it, um, I guess not. I can say these things, you know, but um, I, f- I feel like it had like a very MF Doom vibe uh, to it at first. Like I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, I mean, guess that was kind of like, you know, the beginning of that type of uh, hip hop. And um, so we've got Prince Poe, who is dealing with stress, uh, but basically with the help of God, uh, he's able to get through the day to day and, you know, deal with all of like the shit that happens in his life and around him and everything. And he's here to be a leader and people are listening more and more and he's realizing that. And um, then in the middle, there's um, a clip. uh, I think it was from the taxi driver. Was that it? I think. I don't know. Um, I thought it was just some shit they recorded. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like them having a little argument oh with i thought it was driver. from a movie i thought i was anyways i thought i took it like a skit where basically they argue they're both trying to like get a cab and then the cab driver finds out they're going to harlem or whatever the fuck well they want to go to like the hood basically and like, or, um he's like oh no i'm not going that way and, and it's then, pouring rain you can hear the rain like it's like it's just like soaked they just need to get a cab but the guy's being racist and like the no cab driver will pick them up like and then the one that finally does doesn't actually drive them and they're like why'd you even bother stopping and then they kill him which i think is an interesting art way of expressing the frustration it's what probably many people want to do in that moment i can't that's something i'll I'll never experience you think people don't stop for me are you fucking kidding they always stop for me (laughs) i've never i've never had that problem and once in my life um so just like it's i guess one of those things you never think about until like it's in your face like that and i think it's really interesting because with everything i understand now what a powerful like way to just vent out the frustration of like everyone yeah yeah absolutely um and i think that that's exactly it like it's you know he's just kind of like fuck this guy like you know just sick of being uh discriminated against and you know just all of it so yeah um yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Um, I would say something about guns and, you know, whatever. But, I, I mean, I'm lucky that we don't uh, have, a, like, a culture of uh, that carries a lot of uh, guns. Firearms. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would have shot a million people's heads off already. So, um, <laughs> I guess not. But, anyways. Um, so, then we have Farrell Mudge. And he basically asks a lot of questions to make you think. And, um, you know, like, why do you believe, like, everything that you hear on, like, mainstream media? And, like, why do you think this? And why do you do this? And, um, you know, he just sort of is discussing the fact that of the, the stress that he feels just by being a black man. Like, just, just because of that. Like, that he is automatically a target, a threat, uh, you know, he's seen like that by and to so many people. Um, and you know, basically, you know, he's on like, he's on the, the other side and kind of like 
like dares people to challenge him um you know and i think that this is just sort of like their you know their reality and like their stresses that they have to deal with that are such bullshit that you know only some people get to to deal with that and other people just don't you know just exactly like what you're saying you know like i don't i don't have like any issues you know hailing a cab if i needed to um I vividly remember actually being in New York and then, I mean, I don't know, I'm just, I assume that they're just crazy ta- taxi drivers, but like one like skirted over three lanes and cut off like three lanes of people to pick me up, me and my girlfriend up, like, you know, like when we went to New York one time. And so it's just like, you know, like that kind of stuff, like where people are like wanting to pick us up versus, you know, and, you know, again, on the other hand, I've had some very creepy and, uh, weird taxi drivers and probably say things to me that they wouldn't say to you so there's that as well i guess um just again i guess another thing to people have to think about um and just you know sort of just like the the crush kill destroy stress like uh being repeated over and over and then you know just sort of that's just how they feel and they just want to destroy everything and they feel that stress they feel like that weight and you know everything that they do is feeling like an uphill battle um so it can definitely feel like uh a lot of stress on a person who is dealing with um already maybe living in a dangerous area you know isn't you know is in poverty you know dealing with everything else you know trying to get food and trying to get money and trying to you know get by just like everybody else with enough stress that we all carry on top of all these other prejudices and like things that you just wouldn't even think about and just that's just part of their stress day to day and you know i mean in the the 90s in new york area was not good so <laughs> um for uh you know lower class people well not lower class but like lower like the poverty right you know and like the hoods and stuff like that there was a lot of crime and a lot of cops and yeah it was just very it feels very new york and i like that you know i guess you know getting to experience also i guess Nas and biggie and that too they it's just interesting how like that feeling comes across which is really unique about new york um anyways it's good it the music is just sort of like uh like chaotic and stress sounding and so it definitely suits the the tone of the whole song i give it a 4.5 on 5 i kind of feel the Nas bit i don't feel the biggie bit i feel in the a different way beep. I feel the mob weakness yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, who was it? I wrote it in my notes. There was something I felt, it kind of, I know it's very different, but it reminds me a lot of the tone of Cell Therapy by Goody Mob, which I think came out later, so don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get it twisted, but that was the first thought, like the pain, stress. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You got that, and I was thinking like MFA. I don't know. It just, that's how it kind of flowed for me a little bit. Uh, but it's more the tone, right? The, the seriousness of this track. And another thing I thought was funny is what popped out to you is all the social issue shit. That is not what popped out to me on this song. <laughs> the other half of the lyrics are exploring whack rap. Let me tell you something. There you go. I'm in my eighth year of being a Montreal MC. There is a lot in this track I can relate to. 
when my city tells you that it, it does all this drug dealing shit because of poor conditions, it's all lies. You make enough on welfare and a couple under the table grinds that you'll never have to go hungry in my city. There are enough social services. You never have to go hungry in my city. And we don't have a territory geography issue like something like even Toronto has. No matter where you are in my city, something employable is less than an hour away. So we have no conditions that create the level of extreme poverty that leads to yeah. anything. But you listen to our fucking hip hop scene, and we basically New York's ghettos in the 90s in 2020. And it's like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? I see your posts on Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. Calling out the fake rappers. I'm just calling out the fake mindsets and the fake shit. And why is that relevant? Because this song approaches it, right? Yeah. Like, so pain, stress, my brain can't even rest. It's hard to maintain the pressure on my chest. Yo, I'm telling you, Canada's fucked. Two and a half percent wage increases since the entire time I've been in the working force means the entire country's fucked economically and nobody cares. The condo fucking housing taking away our spaces and shit. There's some fucking whack shit going on to people of my age group and younger that is not fair. Like, we never had a chance to cop property proper. Oh, shit. I know another group of people that just never had a chance to cop property. So y'all can say that back to me fair enough but that's still like a lot of this i can relate to in 2020 in my early 30s blood rushes to my head when i come across roads with dead mics and whack promoted shows it's hard i'm like oh fascinating i get angry when i see the bullshit thriving and popping even though what i'm trying to reflect to you is the real reels and that shit is not being acknowledged or paid attention to when honestly i think uh you know how like Biggie on his first album brings up growing up poor? You know what his mom's oh, comment yeah, yeah, yeah. was? That was boy a- did not just say that we grew up with no food in the apartment. Like she was <laughs> mad. I think she was like, just look at him. <laughs> like, like, you know. He ate. <laughs> it was, you know, so like, I'm not saying Biggie's fake. Listen, Biggie has technique for fucking days. I'm saying Biggie didn't necessarily tell the truth on every song. He, he, he you know. He, he, Again, I'm not like he hating on Biggie. the line or whatever. I'm not hating on Biggie, but I can imagine that at that time, if I'm a rapper that is selling the most realistic fucking shit ever, and then you have Puffy bringing dudes on boats and shit, it must be kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but so you've seen all the whack shit getting promoted, but with the presence of God, I'm true to the game. So I'm back black to take charge and recapture the time. Wish it could never be whack. I'm pure. I'm like, bruh. So what he's saying is with the faith, the humility, he understands. They regrouped. They came back and they're at it again. And they did not compromise who they are. And I really respect that energy. It's fucking dope. Anyway, they come through. I like when he goes on spreading like leprosy throughout the record label. Like almost like they're like this cancer of truth that is fucking up the fake bullshit that's coming through. Unfortunately, they stomped that leprosy out and it got so fake, yo. Um, it just, it didn't work. I mean, this is great music. Their goal of destroying the industry failed. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I like when he's like, bullets are real lost peeps lurks in the heart. Lord knows it hurts. So it's like, people's rapping about this shit but end of the day like yo when it happens it's it's a real thing like fucking people die and whatnot you know people actually lose their lives yeah and i think look i i know a lot of fake people that will rap about this shit or like 
I'll have some friends who of the white middle class variety who get a little drunk and they start bringing up gun talk almost immediately if they do their little freestyles. And it's like, like with context, you kind of realize that people really aren't seeing it to be cool. And I think that's how a lot of people took it, you know? Anyway, y'all, y'all watching this now. I'm not really that worried about you guys. I'm like, feel like I'm talking to the converted. They're like, hold in. We could teach you a thing or two. You are correct. You could teach me shit. That's <laughs> what the comment section is. Anyway, I thought it was fucking dope. They're coming through. They're not taking their shorts. The chorus comes through. The skit comes through. The skit didn't make the music video. I can understand why. I don't. I wonder if you can get away with that in 2020. Do you remember how much trouble Triple X Tentation got for lynching the little white kid? Like. You get in a lot of trouble, I think, for that. Uh, if you tried to like just kill a cab driver because he was racist, or maybe you can do that in 2020. What do you guys think? Do you think YouTube would let you put that music video on? I think if you do it through Vivo, yes, they would. <laughs> and if you don't do it through Vivo, fuck you. That would be my thoughts. But I love the way Faramanch comes through with that because it's not just, it's not just what he says. It's you will now consider me the apocalyptic. You're like, what the fuck is he's, he doing with his very, voice? I feel like, like he's he very was, inspired by like Busta Rhymes. I feel like he was high as a fucking kite recording this shit, which Could is be. fine. After this rhyme, henceforth there is none. No more will exist when I emerge. I guess that's it. He's coming through with the end of the world. This is the last rhyme ever because it's the extinction agenda. Oh. Um, anyway. And most of you can't comprehend what I'm saying to you, even in my human form. I didn't even catch that. That's like, I'm black. Y'all can't get it. I didn't even catch that till you said it. That's fucking awesome. I like that better. But I also <laughs> thought it was more about the truth and shit. But then I'm like, wow, Bonnie's like, right. He's like putting this experience. Maybe it's just like my, uh, the way I'm like seeing or, so, so like everything now. But like, that's just what I, my interpretation. But like, it could be like, maybe not just white people, but most people can't understand it because they don't see the truth of things. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, after George Floyd, how many people are now aware of some of the shit that he's talking about in 94 when everyone's still closed minded. And I bet even within certain communities, there are going to be like conflicts of the truth of what causes things back in the day. You know, Google doesn't come out till 1998 it doesn't exist in 94 you know what i'm saying and google wasn't even good till the early 2000s i digress um why do you choose to mimic these whack mcs why do you choose to listen to rmb and i'm like what did rmb ever do to you i mean like i don't like rmb but like how are you gonna handle like whitney houston like belting and shit <laughs> you know like girl like i'm just like really what's wrong with rmb like i mean why do you choose to listen to rmb because a lot of those people have pipes i'm like ursher it's Some so it's is, so not yeah. my cup of tea but like it's tony braxton or that like um you remind me of a girl isn't that Usher? Yeah, that's why I was, I was, I was still on <laughs> oh, Usher. Oh, okay. Because you said Usher. You know, all that shit, that U751, that album's banging. I don't care what anybody says. Is R&B often, like, a serious content matter of music? No. Yeah. Not that my understanding of it. I mean, I'm certain there is the farther back you go. It does have the word blues. That's the B. But, I mean, I like to listen to bad music so that line i was like that's harsh yo is r&b like that toxic to y'all 
I here's the thing. Y'all can answer in the comments and let me know how bad it was at the time. Uh, but it just seems like R&B hip hop was starting to really pop out now, and I feel Brian like McKnight. it's a shot at R&B hip hop. Anyway, it's just like R. Kelly's time, you know, he was starting to, you know. When did Space Jam come out? I feel like that was maybe like a few years later. And then, um, if you go a little bit, the next line is, "Why must you believe that something is fat just because it's played on the radio 20 times per day?" And I'm like, "Wow." I was reading that Sapiens book that Amazon put out as like a bestseller and the guy's real smart. And in that book, um, he basically talks about how people listen to music and shit. And one of the facts of music is actually repetition makes you like something more. So you'll notice my opinion on jazz has fluctuated the more I've been exposed to it. The idea that you're set in your taste in music beyond the age of 25 is a fat ass lie. The truth is you will learn to love every genre of music that you put yourself through the hell of listening to. I don't like country, but if I listen to 2000 country songs, yep. I will like country. And that, there's nothing I can do about it. That's... <laughs> Would it be? I can't stop it. It's just but going I'm to saying, happen. if you were to consume it, so the more I do listen to jazz, I, up in the country, I so can't help it. I like jazz a little bit more. The more I listen to, so basically, the musics I don't like are the ones I never consume. And then the more you get into it, even weird avant-garde shit. If you listen to ten avant-garde weird shits, you start to be okay with it more. And that's just the facts of music. Does that make it good? No, actually. And so a lot of bad music is heralded as classics because well, of chart a lot performance of bad and shit. I think a lot of bad music, I'm using air quotes, is like, just it's just stuff that you attach yourself like, to. It, it has a memory or it means something to you. I agree. Is, you know, mbop isn't fantastic music. I'm going to have to be real but, with y'all. you know, it's... It sticks with you. you Mbop know? is a banger. Fuck off. Mbop is amazing. Mbop. It's not like about It's not great music. But it's such a bop, man. It's just such a bop. Anyway, yeah. uh, I think a great example is is like uh, Crank That Soldier Boy. On objective fronts, it's really hard to defend that song. Ooh. But here's the thing. Soldier Boy, Howdy Roy. Oh, fuck. You can see where I'm going with this. So I'm like, you crank that holding, bro. So I do that anytime. I can't help it. I just bump some Soldier Boy on a couple of tracks. He has a couple of bangers, in my opinion. But, like, it's objectively hard to say that this is anything other than good ringtone music. Yeah. Objectively hard to. However, I heard it so many times because I was 18 when that shit dropped or whatever that I ended up liking it. Do I think it's good? No. But the truth of the matter is the average human doesn't necessarily... Ladies and gentlemen, this is mumble number five. <laughs> That's a good song, time. That was overplayed. A little bit of <laughs> you Monica know exactly what it is. <laughs> a anyway, um, it's just most people don't care about good in any subjective... Or sorry, in any objective way. They just care about shit that makes them bump. Everyone just cares about shit that makes them bop. Yeah. Well, we go back to what Bonnie said about memories and nostalgias and all that stuff. So the true number of music aficionados and truth seekers out there that would really be able to, I think, appreciate what he's doing here is amazing. It's small. Sorry, it's tiny. But it's amazing what he's doing here because he's literally calling out everything that's bullshit from the marketing of in like two lines. And I'm like, wow, it took me like a lot to learn what you just taught me. Anyway, my perception of poetical injection is ejaculation. The immaculate conception is a lyric that stuck the fuck out at me. I knew I heard it before. When I check genius here, 
I saw it was sampled in The Immaculate Conceptions by Jedi Mind Tricks off of The Cycle Social, this title is too fucking far along, uh, which we also <laughs> reviewed on this channel. Yep. So I recognized that lyric. It popped out at me. It's an Very amazing nice. lyric. But basically, he's jizzing on you with the potency of his great poetry and creating inside of your brain a baby of good ideas, hence an immaculate conception. Fuck off. It's a mic drop. That's all I'm trying to say. The hall walk who stalks bodies in Central Park. Soon emergency services will outline that body in chalk. I don't got shit to say about it. It just sounded fucking fire and it follows up proper. I just figured like it's good. And then, you know, then I begin to walk away and spit the way I went and walk and then I talk shit. Huh? A driver sprayed my face with mace. So I feel like maybe he's going to snap and he's going to lash out in some shit. And then the driver attacks him with mace. And then it flows into the, the end of it where he's like, the four cabs before didn't pick me up, you know? Or sorry, don't even ask me for cash, G. The four cars before didn't pick me up. Now ask yourself, who the fuck's gonna stick me up? Like, he's so poor that, like, cabs don't want to identify him. They don't even want to give him the... He looks, like, so poor, I think. Nobody wants to give him the benefit that he might even have the $10 necessary to get there. Mm -hmm. People, he looks like... If cab, if cab drivers don't even want to pick him up, who's gonna fucking rob me? What do I have to worry about? That's like... Yeah. I just hit. Like, to me, I just hit. It was really, like... It's like, you're in a, you're in a stressful fucking place of life and i think it's conveyed well i hear this on 4.5 like the beat's fucking awesome the construction is really great and it just gives you like a lot to think about right mm -hmm. is this the greatest rapping i've ever heard probably not do i love this shit because it's interesting and fun to listen to it stands the fuck out okay it just stands out i feel like this is a love it or hated experience and i'm loving it so far uh, did you give your grade? Sure did. Awesome. Let's talk about the extension agenda. All right. This song is very groovy to follow up the last one. Mm -hmm. and But thematically, it follows up the last one. But sonically, we want to dance now. It's a little more fun. Like, like the stress has imploded to the point where you're delirious and now you just got to dance. Yeah. I don't know if that was their intent with it, but that's how it came off to me, which I thought was fucking cool, right? Yeah, like it is. Anyway, what do you think of this song? Um, so we've got uh, Prince Poe at the beginning and he's uh, basically, you know, he's a great rapper and he will bring you into his world. He's going to show you and he is on a mission of peace and he has God leading him and he's going to, you know, get there. And it's really like quick. It's really awesome rap. Um, I like the little kind of like digital sounds that are kind of in the, the background um, here and there. Um, we've got Pharaoh Munch, and he is, you know, talking more about religion, about God, and, um, you know, he talks about, you know, he's kind of questioning, like, abusive priests and, like, how that, um, interferes with, uh, you know, faith, you know, people believing if this is, you know, who you're putting your faith into, and they do this kind of abusive, uh, behaviors to, to, to kids and to people who trust in them, then how can we keep having the faith you know it's sort of like that you know moral dilemma obviously and um yeah i mean he's just like flowing really really awesomely on this one um, i'm not going to try to mimic it um he's going to like destroy you uh you know and destroy like what you thought rap was and he's here to be different and awesome and kind of like impress you by being himself and he does just that um so it's very nice it's very like jazzy like I, yeah i get your groove um you know when you were saying that and you know it's still like 
you know, being nicely mixed in. And like, I do feel like definitely like that, that street corner dancing, like my usual, like, you know, I just imagine, you know, street corners in like Brooklyn are just full of dancers at all times. Um, I don't think that that's the truth, but um, that's just, you know, how I envision it. Um, so I give this a 4.5 on five. That's fair. I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like Prince Bo starts strong, you know, it, you know, emerging up to another level there. I stand hand-to-hand -hand rap combat black back in Atlanta, expand data for the whack, leaving mutilated bodies, lacerated limbs, grim sights, and new jacks. And it kind of feels like this one's got more of a battle-esque vibe to it, like in the sense that they're not to be fucked with because they're ill MCs and what they're doing is coming through in this competitive hip-hop game and bringing their style of truth and shit to the table. And the result of this is the destruction of whackness unfortunately whackness did very well in this era uh they they honestly i'm like bamboozled by how not popular these guys are like all things considered like they never come up in any of my conversations in real life like ever so i'm kind of grateful that dj black hurricane likes digging through the crates and like i have to say because this album isn't on um spotify and so i was listening to it through uh, YouTube, um, like, you know, just uh, the video of the album. And that is the best little, like, niche of, like, the best fans are in the comments. And you get so many, like, great, like, you know, bits of, you know, tidbits and, like, information. Guy, yeah, exactly. And I just have to say, this is the realest hip hop you're ever gonna get. Yeah, like it's just awesome. Like, I think that, like, you know, when you go to, like, these, like, you know, random, I get your random, you know, underrated i guess albums you're gonna see like the real true fans uh you know kind of commenting and like just like saying their true feelings and how great it is and it's i don't know it was awesome to like kind of like observe that so yeah i like that yeah and you know he's bringing a new world with it because mm -hmm. they fired i like how he goes a new jacks pick up six kind of like i'm gonna jack you and then seven more new jacks in that case. I took in more like holes that you're jacking into and commencing with this and fading. So like they're going from, you know, flipping the word. I thought that was cool because of how many lines are in between before he like brings that back. I thought that was an interesting literary technique. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It wasn't like lyrically i thought it was as profoundly thought-provoking as the last couple i just thought it was great to listen to like the trilogy of terror whatever i do to bring light you're blinded by the glare to trendsetter beware when i strike you know that's fucking dope rhyming just the having that trilogy of terror trendsetter beware kind of rhyme scheme bounding in with the you're blinded by when i strike the way they flowed those two rhyme schemes mm -hmm. together fresh as fuck Blueprints like no other. Doing it again there, keeping it running. The soldiers of fortune, the undercover, rebel or rap attacking, the one is attacking blacks. I'm on a mission of peace, I make tracks. You know, I just, I love the way they, they do this flow shit. As an MC, I like the complicated flows. I think it's what people love about the M&Ms, complicated flows. Let's be real, you, you a geek at all, you probably like that complex shit. And I really think they're doing that super well. Um, basically, they're fresh and people can't um, stand the pressure, which is the extinction agenda. So now it's almost like they're given stress from the situation and their mission is the extinction agenda, which is to fuck up the whack hip hops mm -hmm. and whatnot. You know, on the other hand, it makes sense why a bunch of whack underground MCs now just do this. Like, all they do is this side of shit. Because they would have listened to this shit, and this would have become the underground cultural thing to do to consistently shit on the mainstream. Mm -hmm. 
even though it doesn't make sense because Audi's whack underground rapper. I'm talking about the 2021s. Like you want to you want to go through like the journey of YouTube fucking white boys doing tricky Eminem flows all signing the same. It's fucking terrible. Um, so I mean, I'm just it's just unfortunate. I have what like I call the the indie underground artist checklist and like. Tick, tick, and so it's it's interesting how many of those check boxes seem to come from tracks like this where it's almost like they lay down a blueprint that's generated from a sincere frustration of your your budding culture being hijacked by mainstream capitalistic tendencies and your desire to keep it pure but when you're doing that in 2020 it's like bro like, are you fucking kidding me of course the mainstream is evil like we're so far past that that it just dumb it's a dumb song to write in 2020 mm-hmm. my shit's better than that mainstream garbage then you go put on the mainstream garbage and it's like have a good time and you're like i mean these are just apples and oranges this isn't fucking like you throw on a little yachty song when you want to have a good time okay you don't need to hate little yachty for having better chart numbers than you which you see people doing like half the shit doesn't make sense to criticism and stuff but then you go listen to this and you're like oh it's because they heard all these legendary dudes doing it yep and they don't get it they have no context so they just literally jacking or shall i say biting their ideas incorrectly and producing garbage today i don't know you can tell i'm in a weird place with the underground there is so much great music out there but like 99 percent of it's not it's just that there's that much there's like thousands of rappers in montreal between the english and french scenes 1.8 million people thousands of rappers that's nuts. That is a nuts distribution of talent and shit. Mm-hmm. It's to the point where, like, if I made a whack rap song, meme shit, rapping Quebec something, I could probably get more money than my trying to be quality. It's fucking whack. There is this racist white chick in the Quebec scene right now. Like, she jacked some Haitian slang. She dropped the M-bomb. Her third video's got numbers. She is possibly one of the biggest artists in Quebec right now. Honestly, like controversy shit. It's like, fuck her. Mm-hmm. She's not even good. She just slaps girls' asses in the videos and shit, and it's preposterous because she's not that hot, in, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, so I hear this, and I'm like, yo, there are flaws, but unfortunately, a lot of a lot of people just perpetuate the worst stereotypes. They copy the whack MCs. Anyway, I don't know where I'm, what mood I'm in today. Uh I like um, I like Farrell Monch's verse too. It's pretty solid on the poetical poltergeist that heist tracks from the past. Do you hear poltergeist that heist tracks? That's nice. That just the way he rhymed that. That was real nice for my earbuds to like listen to. Even beyond the meaning shit, just the sound of the way he rhymes. Like and return him to the present time in rhyme form. And return him to the present time in rhyme form. The form kind of bounces off to the return him. It's just like intricately inversing the rhyme of that fucking thing like it flows out beautifully um it was once dead is now resurrected on the record and the physical words are mere residuals from my bidding for my disposal to dispose of a who you kidding nightfall i stuffed a rook that i'm looking for the original book that contains the words of gods this is interesting right because he's setting up this whole thing about chess and he starts all the way back here so he's bringing out the fact that in a more spiritual front, he's kind of tapping into some shit. And then he goes at religion, like you said, you know. So nightly, he's kind of looking for the original book, which contains the words of God. Now, that might be the Bible, or maybe he's actually looking for the real original book, you know. Six hours until dawn. And keep in mind, he's already said um, a rook, you know. So I stuffed the rook, or whatever. And then 
Uh, six hours till dawn, my quest to capture the queen without being seen by the pawns. Now in the chess line. But at the same time, it's like getting the, 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 like the mythical or whatever shit, whether it's a woman or an item, without being seen by the plebs guarding that shit. Call me bishop. Because a bishop is uh, basically like a top-tier religious figure, you know, a leader. Bishop takes rook, rook takes pawn, pawn takes knight, knight takes queen. And I'm like, okay. Look, this shit's highlighted in green on Genius, which means it's a verified annotation. And it's just a fucking video of Pharaoh Monch talking about some chess geek loving these bars. <laughs> I don't know that I love this for any conceptual front. It's just kind of fun to listen to. And then he goes, Queen takes the original King James version. Check. I'm like, this feels more clever than it actually, like, really. It doesn't It doesn't translate to being as clever to me as it comes off sounding as first. It kind of sounds flashy and fun to listen to, and I really like that. And I guess he's taking shots at the fact that his truth is better than, like, religion. Yeah. Fair enough. Religion's a little bullshit these days. Um... I'm surging up when I'm emerging. False clergyman, you're urging me to call you a virgin. Oh, you see how uh, the rhyming that he did there is fucking yep. ridiculous. That part uh, that he goes into that. So for that, that end of his verses is, is amazing to me. I feel like sonically listening to Pharaoh Monch is amazing, regardless of what like his actual lyrics are here. I get this the gist of what he's saying. Shit's fucked up. Who can you trust when a priest's not a beast? priest has always been the beast dog catholic church has been some fucked up shit for millennia that's what i'm trying to say the spirit of god even predicted in the bible that the world will be corrupted by the leaders and men that politicize that shit so if you adhere to an organized religion you probably also are not adhering to the word of god as written in that bible which is supposed to be small collectives of like-minded individuals collaborating for the greater men of shit that's what the bible told me when i read it Unlike the messages you hear from church about the holy shit, this is our rule book, check, check, check. Oh, you smoke dope, get the fuck out. Because there's some First Corinthian shit about excommunicating people who violate your rules. Mm-hmm. Anyway, did miss the point. I have some real strong feelings there. Anyways, then he's coming through and he's going to take out hip-hop. That's cool. He's like, uh, get you to sit down, let you never know, I never get dropped. Um... Organized confusion didn't pop. That that lyric did not age well. And Farrell Monch had a great career, I would say, but it's hard to like say like he fucked up hip hop, you know? Mm. When I flip flop hip hop, when I wreck shop, I move with the finesse and the smoothness even inside the grooves of a record. That I agree with. Everything he says about the way he's moving there, fantastic. Even uh check it. Check it again, check it again, check it again, check the metaphors, make sure they're making sense, and then I am not sold on this whole chess shit after checking it multiple times so i'm <laughs> gonna go back to you on feral on that one um give me 100 credit sure you did your shit i love this next part though let it meditate in your brain like a sedative just the way he does that shit is so cool to me anyway it's a fucking good track they, they ram through they fucking take the shots at hip-hop it sticks in my heart and soul as being absolute fire the beat's pretty great it just adds life to the album it's funky it's a 4.5 unfortunately this isn't going to stop the pop machine so that end of it was kind of like it was a valiant effort this is like an alamo kind of moment you know where like you fought hard but the pop machine won all right 13 so I feel like we've hit like a groove in this project. We're on a bit more of the gritty side, but to me, I feel like if you like the first two, 
you're just gonna like like the rest of what's coming yeah if you did not necessarily enjoy the first two listen to them like 85 more times and see then if you like them because then you'll have repetition in your favor <laughs> how do you feel about this track um i don't know i mean i like i really like uh feral Monch's voice um and on this one i feel like you can really hear like the influence again of like buster rhymes and kind of like that uh style um i like that he can be like really like high and then like really like deep in in like one sentence like he really just like fluctuates with his voice like really really well and i think that that's really great um almost to like the point where he can uh he could rap with two personalities like that kind of like you know like eminem and um well, yeah i guess like eminem and slim shady like you know kind of different personalities like i, I could see him doing that um if he chose to um I like how uh, the verses like flow really like nicely into like the chorus on this one, which is like kind of mixed in. Um, his rhymes are like super tight on this one. Um, it's basically just just him uh, alone on this one, I think. Um, yeah, and I'm always down for lots of Pharaoh Monch because I mean he's weird, but I like him. Um, I like the pa 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 power. On, uh, uh, I got the power. Give me a pen and a pad. I'll be back in an hour with some more fat shit. I tell you, MC Monchichi. Um, and I don't know. It's just like fun. Like uh, I like the ending. It's just like an enjoyable song. I liked it. Four point four uh, on five from me. Fair enough. I enjoyed this one as well. Mm. Like I said, I feel like if you're really into it already, it's cool. What's distinct about this one so far? Also, Buckwild did a lot of production on yeah. this project. I forgot to mention that. This one's produced by Buckwild. I believe they brought in some friends to help on this uh, project to kind of expand a little bit. I really like the aesthetic of it. Um, so it's really interesting. It just kind of rock, rock on with your bat itself. So it samples that from Puffing on Blunts and Drinking Tangeray by Dr. Dre featuring the Dog Pound on the Lady of Rage. So that's cool. And it just kind of has that little sample that kind of resonates through. And then everything in his verses for a song is Farrow Munch. He just does three fucking verses just rolling through it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know like it's just all over the place like i'm coming like a redneck truck or watch your back and then you hear a screech mm -hmm. like a screech, and you can't steer it face the bass drum because you run you're when gonna you hear be it doing like wheelies and stupid shit if you're a redneck trucker i just can tell you that as facts but it's also like there's no brakes and shit you know and then he's cut your steering line or whatever so you can't even fucking escape face the bass drum you run when you hear it it's the most incredible rap individual style piles up like drug cases in queens county criminal court shorty step back and it's interesting how it's like his style of rap is then compared to the sheer volume of criminal cases that are being dealt with through like the fucking court systems and shit kind of bringing to light that problem but also flossing on the grandiosity and the sheer volume of complexity of his styles which is a weird flex bro a weird flex and but clever mm -hmm. because it's not a bad weird flex it's more of a weird flex bro like in a positive <laughs> way because that is a, a lot that number is big and the bar makes sense but you're educated by the end of it rather than just being you know flossy whatever and then he's like you know telling people fuck rapping let's take it to the corner of the block and battle with the 
texts and the clocks. For some reason, it's censored on the version I heard on YouTube. I don't know if it was censored on the prod, on the actual album. One of y'all can confirm that. But if you like to stage a mic, it come here done. That's how I like it. So I guess basically we could go do that, which is violent, or we could instead resolve it with words and do this shit. Or hit me in the face, why don't you? Prince Poe will hunt you and puncture your voodoo doll. I guess that's like Prince Poe fuck you up with the magic or what he does. I don't know if he's if he's from Louisiana or something. I don't know. Or uh, Pharaoh, I'm no slave to the rhythm. I whip it. I kind of like that because of the way he does fuck with the rhythm. Or a lot of people. Yo, there's a lot of rappers I know who need a particular beat or they can't seem to rap. Um, so I like the fact that Pharaoh clearly owns that shit. To me, that's some true emceeing. Yep. How are you a rapper and you hear a beat and you can't find a fucking inner cadence and start rapping? I, I can understand you maybe not dropping the hottest bars on every freestyle. I'd be lying. Sometimes I rap the dumbest shit ever when I'm just off the doming it. But if you a rapper, how can you not find a flow? Anyway, so whatever. I just had to get that out. So that's cool. He does this whole fucking great shit that hypes it up. And then he, he goes into the second verse where it's just like, I used to play beats on a lunchroom table and it kind of brings me into a state of mind. It's allowing me to climb in and shine. It's a process that will occur in due time. So he kind of builds up the music. And then he brings out this hot energy of whatever. Styles I file are not decaffeinated. The man used the double negative to say his shit's proper. That's a little pushing it. That's like <laughs> the sheer definition of syllable stuffing in my opinion. Okay, because you don't do double negatives. It's a bad thing to do. I'm rough, tougher than Tonka. I have a Tonka truck somewhere in this room. Tonka trucks are fun. It's over 25 years old. It's like an old ass Tonka truck. I had it since I'm like a youngin. So it's probably like 50 years old now. Well, I even electrify the sky as if I was Blanca. I'm like, did the man just make a Street Fighter reference? Damn. That's fresh, because Blanca has the electricity move. So he's electrifying the sky. Okay. And he goes, Blanca, or whatever. Anyway, kids follow me, and my Philly's like, Willy Wonka, silly. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I like the way he did that little rhyme. I like how he brought the silly in. And then he just flips it up. I assault and conquer and cult the brainwash and squash your little minds that rhymes, rhymes that are rituals. Whatever. The whole rest of it is, is I'm fucking dope. I'm coming through with real shit. I don't think he's really, like, again, dropping, like, the next level of shit here. It's just kind of the amazing delivery the way his voice is just all over the place it's just such an alive dynamic expressive experience and then he does the beginnings of this stutter shit one of the tracks later on he just fucking stutters like half a verse it's fucking amazing so p -p -p power power huh i got the power give me a pen and a pad i'll be back in an hour mm -hmm. so he's gonna come really in there like, like he said he's gonna write his fat shit and then whatever, he goes, laddie daddy, I flip it laddie, live at a Mardi Gras or even at a party. And I like that, how he took the laddie daddy, flipped the laddie daddy rhyme, and then proceeded to like, just go show how dope he is. Give me a Bacardi or I smoke blunt stunts, I want to hump chumps. And I'm like, I know what blunt stunts in hip hop is, because we know that album. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I know what a stunt is. Stunts are hoes. Yeah, buddy. And so you want to hump the hoes. Chumps, I want to pump. It's a little no homo right there. In full of shotgun. Okay. I think he means he's going to pump them full of lead. I think he is going to treat those chumps like stunts. That's what it, it was a little it was a little signal out there for everyone. Y'all can get mad at that. It just, if you read it like that and you don't say full of, it just kind of sounds like he's going to fuck some dudes in the ass. Anyway, he never asked the crowd to jump. 
Fair enough. Crowds are fucking lazy. You don't ask them to jump. Especially if the crowd's smoking a bunch of pot. That's not a crowd that wants to jump. They want to, like, grind or whatever. They want to find some drunk lady to grind on their penis while they sit there and don't move. Um, Y'all heard it. Like, don't dance. They just pull up their pants and do the rock away and lay them back. That's what my people are up. Don't dance. DMX has a track. I don't dance. I just move to the beat. Like, all these guys are brag about how they have no dance skills. Okay, they just got out of learning how to dance. Did y'all watching this have to learn how to dance? Or were you like a lot of rappers and like, fuck that. Nobody has to dance or move. I'm just going <laughs> to kick a rhyme and get your mind to move. Flipping it for the masses. Kicking a lot of... Yo, I can see how going to a concert and being said, no, you don't have to jump around. I just need you to think and be pensive. It does make sense how that did not pop. Now, I like it. I would go to that show and enjoy it. But I also go to the show where they get asked to jump. I've been to a lot more of that get asked to jump kind of show than not. To be honest, like I saw Wu-Tang live. Never going to see Wu-Tang in a fucking stadium again. That's all. Don't go see Wu-Tang in a stadium. Go see Wu-Tang at some shitty tiny venue. Wu-Tang sucked ass in a stadium. Uh, why? Because they don't know how to do shit. They didn't want to make us jump. They wanted us to vibe, and it just didn't work in a stadium. So anyway, then he flips shit, and he's like, uh, flowing on my head like a memory. Now I got energy. Desperate enemies that's in the industry who don't want to be friends. I say, fuck them, suck my dick from the back. Now listen, being trombone blowing is quite lovely as like a concept. That's when you flip it and she comes from the other side below and you stick it like downwards and she comes through your legs and proceeds to blow you from the back. But it's pretty fucking homosexual of him to go at the men in the industry that he's coming at and effectively saying trombone blow my penis. You with a crazy straw, you lazy whore. I've never understood that insult other man who is my enemy fillet me for i am not the gay one you are the gay one now, fuck off your whole this is like i want a man to come <laughs> suck my dick say what you want it's all homo when i hear it every time you can't tell me how it's a no homo thing that is some fucking homo shit if y'all watch um i think it's more of like a power thing that's fine yeah, it's, it's still if y'all watch gully gully boy he'd make a suspect rap lyrics video on this because that's some suspect ass shit y'all early 90s cats said some of the gayest shit trying to sound hard <laughs> it's just awful I, those are the lines i don't want to rap it's all that hard man i'll fuck you in the ass shit like nah you sound gay that's the end of it sorry that's where it is this song lost a couple points for how he ended it like so now on top of all of that so this man who is his enemy now it needs to do that shit to make a dick expand but what you keep in mind this is not a woman he's fucking it's his enemies that need to suck his dick enough to get blood it that means he's enjoying this shit okay and then that is popping out to expanding giving him an erection no teeth no hands fair enough that's a good blowjob Muli, what am i an asshole what like wh- what you're no why would you be what that that was this stuff like what it just ends like like he was really fucking high and he was just rhyming and it went somewhere really weird like he just needed to bust a nut as he was rapping that out and then that came out and then what because i just want to fucking force my enemies to suck my dick and shit with no hands 
I'm an asshole? No, actually, that's not really isolating me. That's pretty fair. Fuck your enemies. That's fair. I don't know what it makes him an asshole of this. I think he sounds like a reasonable guy that wants to, on the low, fuck some men. Um, anyway, I give this a 4.5. It's just fun. It's pretty great, and it really showcases a whole fucking lot of Faramanch's versatility. Y'all can argue I don't know shit about early 90s masculine culture, and that's fair. It still comes off super not straight to me. That's all right. Yeah. We can talk about Black Sunday. It's very hot in here, so I have been asked to go faster because somebody who sleeps in the same bed as me has made it clear it's in my safety issues to not talk as much on this. And I'm going to take that risk for y'all. We're going to go through it properly. So know that if I'm on the couch tonight, it's for you, YouTube audience. I just I wish I had a hammock on like the balcony. That's all I wish. And it would just be like so cool and I would just sleep out there. So apparently, a fun fact genius just taught me, the beat was created by Prince Poe on the same machine that was used to make Onyx's slam beat. Fun facts. Um, can I just say Prince Poe absolutely fucking steals the show on this one with his verse. He just sounds amazing. The way he sings that shit, like I just is like, what the fuck? This is beautiful. It is just an incredible sound that he drops on this. Um, I definitely think we're in the same vein as shit we're just kind of discussing their experiences um so they're thinking back i assume church is part of their memories so black sunday whatever it's just kind of what it is i, I imagine that's like the congregation of people like the black folk in the church but um apparently it also refers to a dust bowl according to genius so i don't know if that's it because no matter the weather it's black sunday oh, i guess that makes sense right if there's a dust bowl that stops the weather and apocalyptic doomy shit mm -hmm. that makes way more sense than anything i was gonna <laughs> say anyway i used to watch my grandmother catch the holy ghost in church for a soul she was searched five years later now i'm off to work in a department store and floating pants and shirts etc i'm just trying to grind it out and make some money to do my shit and then he basically promised his mom i'm gonna be at the apollo one day and i'm gonna be kicking that fat oh. funk shit and that's fire you know just like yo i can't do this crap it's bullshit you know mm -hmm. and then a lot of what he's saying here is very relatable to middle class america something that you may not be aware of in the white collar world is you're expected to work 50 to 80 hours like you're a lawyer almost only you're getting two and a half percent raises at slightly better salaries mm -hmm. not maybe in not-for-profit but like <laughs> in for-profit yeah um, i do like i, think the, I need to go back into the profit land <laughs> not-for-profit doesn't give you raises you're just expected to work for shit money and then and, just uh, work and then stuff. the best part is is idiots look at memes on the internet and then judge companies for expecting the people who work at these companies to not be giving their time away entirely for free like get the fuck out of here people who don't understand how companies work uh but still Honestly, because the boss is bossing me and it's costing me to miss classes and I feel he's forcing me to be a jackass in the future, then who's going to shoot you? And it honestly feels that way. It's play the corporate dick sucky game or fuck you, take your low end money and do more and work. Like seriously, they'll just tax you. They'll tax your soul. They'll eat you up, spit you out. And the second you fight back, try to get what's yours proper or whatever, they'll kick you the fuck out. I am so blessed I've been at my company for more than a decade. 
It is basically the only reason I still work there. Because there's no way I would have survived if I had gotten hired now. They would have fucking clipped me. But you work somewhere for a decade. At least that still sort of counts for people maybe a little bit. At least it does for me here. But here's the thing. I got to keep my mouth fucking shut and play the game. Or I would get fired. Or at least make 20k less a year than I make now. Mm-hmm. And that's what's fucked up. So it's a lot of bullshit. Um, anyway, I like the fact that he's chosen to write rhymes instead of crime. He's just kind of like, and then he goes like 86 to 89. We did not get signed, but we will see one day. Until then, I returned 12 noon on the track, Black Sunday. And it just kind of feels like in a sense that they're trapped in this awful part of the grind where you're not popped and it's pretty terrible. I relate. I understand that part of the grind. Um, But still, he kind of almost keeps faith with it. And regardless, we'll keep pushing it. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, Prince Poet is the second verse and again it's all singy it's really nice remember losing a loved one lot help us to make it over delete the part the cigarettes the 49 cent soda we come a long way I'm still running from our freedom so I thought that's interesting get rid of all these cheap vices that are just harming you and in a lot of ways in the last while I've tried to clean up a lot of the health in my life and it really is powerful to get to a stance of freedom inside of your mind inside of like life now maybe we're not in the worst circumstances per se but to have financial independence for a rainy day is a long time away if either of us lost our jobs it's oh boy mm-hmm. you know like we're not nobody's comfortable i think 10 percent of canadians have a savings account so just to give you an idea however he's escaping from crack vials so you can feed that baby i used to ride the elevator with the crazy lady a year later, I made demo consents with the Monch. My stick was on the fader. Rhymes ran out quick, so I encouraged Monch to start writing rhymes. And so, you know, he's kind of doing his shit. Then he got Monch to be involved. They're kind of pushing their stuff. They move their thing, you know, coming with their demo tape, pushing it. And, uh, yeah, they're just kind of here. Don't fuck with them. And I just feel like this song is dedicated to the struggle of, like, how hard it is to make it. And they're doing it they're relying on each other they have their faith and want you know their operation they've got their mission statement and they just have that faith that it's gonna work and yeah uh i thought this one sounded even better than everything i've heard so far the beat was just amazing prince paul blew my mind like next level hmm. i guess it's a 4.75 on five wow interesting um yeah i mean so i took away um so on the first verse we have um like feral munch and he's kind of like talking about uh, when he was working in a store, in like a department store, and you know he made a little bit of money, and then like you said, he basically made a promise to his mother that he would be famous one day, and his destiny is to be a rapper and to write lyrics um, for the world that people will enjoy and be impressed by, and that's just what he did. Aww. And you know, like what a determined guy! Like he just wanted to do that, and that was it. And so, I mean, as weird as he is, like. You know, he stuck to his goals and he, you know, that's what he wanted to do and he went and did it. Good for him. Um, and like he, he made the choice to write his rhymes and to express himself, um, you know, through music um, in this, you know, in this way. And, you know, he was able to get like, you know, anger and like negativity and sorry, negativity and to like kind of like occupy like his goals and like his life um with uh rap instead of like crime or negativity or just kind of like focusing on like the bad things in life and um you know like like he saw others doing and you know you know which was unfortunately not you know uh, it it was it was more common i guess and um and then uh, we've got uh, prince poe on the second part and he 
um, is just kind of like talking about that uh, they got screwed over. Uh, it that, that's kind of what I thought it was that some someone got screwed over, and um, it sounded more like issues in like the the music industry and in terms of like making his own uh, record deal, but then. Um, it sounded like someone tried to like take advantage of him and like you know he wasn't having it and um, like now he doesn't fall for like any sort of like funny business uh, in like the in like the music industry like you know he knows what he wants and he's gonna find it and like you know if he's not happy with one record label then he'll find another <clears throat> and like that's just it and um, for me like I found that it was just like you know not my favorite one that I've heard so far on this album um, you know, but they are definitely talking about like, you know, personal shit that they have gone through and, um, kind of like where they're at. And for me, it was just like, it was fine. Um, I gave it a 4.2 on five. I don't agree with your grade, but that's okay. okay. Sometimes I like to drop bombs on your reality. Okay. This totally serves the role of a little bit of a interlude. It doesn't have a lot of lyrics, but has a lot of intensity. It's very hard hitting. I feel like there's a head bangy power to the pulse of the, the percussion that appears on this. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they're organized to drop bombs, guerrilla warfare like Vietnam, elevate the mental into the temple of doom, consuming max at them capacity, so make room. In a sense, that's them in a nutshell, in four lines. They're organizing confusion and drop bombs, make their great music. Mm-hmm. They're coming at this with sneaky tactics, taking on established mainstream media with their underground, independent, fuck the system tactics, um, using intellectualism to basically turn their minds into serious weapons and optimizing all their knowledge so that they can continually find ways to absorb new shit. They are organized. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that's pretty fresh. That really is a concise thing. It breaks down. It's a short little break on this project, and I think it does its job pretty well. Um, it's a decent little skit thing, and I give it a 4.35. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, like, even just, like, the few, you know, like, there's not a lot of words that are spoken on this that's, you know, only a minute 35, but, um, you know, the, the voice work is good. Like, the way that they play and, like, the way that they use their voices. I, th- I liked it. Uh, sort of tying back to um, when you said that, you know, you thought that, you know, maybe Farrell Monch did, like, theater. Like, it's that kind of, like, voice work that he's kind of doing and that they're here to drop bombs. And like you said, it is mostly an instrumental. Um, and it's all right, but I kind of wish um, they would have spit more over it. Like, I, I like that it's, like, you know, it is a nice interlude, but... It's a short album. I want to hear some more rapping. Um, that, that was my opinion. I, I just, I want to hear more Pharaoh. Um, it's fine. I gave it a 4.1 on 5. Awesome. We're going to end part one here. Like I said, I'm already risking sleeping on the couch because <laughs> I decided to have fucking opinions regardless. I went a little quicker. Um, yeah, Montreal's been going through heat waves. For all you fucking people that think climate change is not real, it's getting worse every year. And, um... Yep. What do you think about how longer, air, more, just like seriously, consistent. air conditioning isn't affordable in the tier of poverty that not poverty, but in the tier of economics that we live in to get ample air conditioning is fucking expensive. OK, and especially in shitty old places that don't keep heat. So like when you think about climate change, it's scary to think about the amount of heat wave ass bullshit that's going to fuck people up in the midst of all the other dark things. It is basically... The beavers. I read an article. The beavers are, like, moving up north. They're going further and further up. I don't it's know. It's basically an extinction agenda from exactly. nature. 
anyway thank y'all for watching this first part we're gonna do the next seven tracks on the next uh half of this uh we're gonna go through it uh the heat wave breaks on friday so we're probably uh, gonna get to it around then uh we appreciate you being here we appreciate you watching this we look right. forward to seeing your comments you can hit that like button if you felt it dislike it if you didn't subscribe to the channel for part two and more reviews and uh yeah if you make that comment we'll answer you so special thanks to the patrons is milga damsey chris prado jonathan barnes dj black hurricane linda williams uh scribble and uh carl they're dope they support what we do and it's real cool for a couple of years some of these names i've literally said their names like multiple times a week for a couple of years and that's really heartwarming so thank y'all um anyway uh if you want to support us that's cool you can join us and i can say your name too and uh i make music uh making a really big push for that so if you want to check that out and follow me on spotify i'll be mad fresh i see a lot of y'all are clicking on the distro kid link in the description and then doing nothing with it but you have to click on like whatever comes after distro kid <laughs> it's kind of a pick your platform option anyway i appreciate y'all it's real bad and hot in here so live long and prosper everyone peace guys